Tales from the Soggy Doggy Coffee Shop, Episode 6. Take yourself out on a walk, yeah, you need to unwind. A bit around the block, there's a place you will find. If you go, you will know this is where you want to stop. These are the tales from the Socky Docky Coffee Shop. These are the tales from the Socky Docky Coffee Shop. Hi, Thelma. Hey, there's a new bell on your door. Oh, hi, Roland. Yeah, I like the way it welcomes the customers as they come in. Yeah, it really, uh, wait, welcomes them. I, I didn't hear it say anything to me, Thelma. I was speaking poetically, Roland. You can leave the mail on the counter. Oh, no mail delivery today, Thelma. It's a holiday. The birthday of Bud Nelson, the first dog to cross the United States in an automobile. Oh, right. Well, enjoy your day off, Roland, and... Roland! Roland! Huh? Can I ask why you are playing that accordion in my coffee shop? Oh, well, sure, Thelma. I'm practicing for the big holiday parade today. Parade? So that's why everyone is sitting outside on the curb instead of here inside my coffee shop. Yep, and I'm a member of the Bold Victorian All-Accordion Community Band. Our motto, you don't have to be good, you just have to be loud. Well, I didn't... Roland! Roland! (laughs) Sorry, Thelma. You know, I can't talk to you with that accordion screaming at me like that. No, (laughs) accordions can't scream, Thelma. They don't have lungs or vocal cords, and they don't have a personality. (laughs) That would be kind of ridiculous. Roland? Oh, right. I I bet you were speaking poetically again, huh? Exactly. Now, if you'll excuse me, there's a sink full of dirty dishes in the back just waiting for me to wash them. Waiting for her? Waiting? Thelma, a sink of dishes can't wait. Oh, well... Oh, hi, JR. Hey, why are you inside Thelma's coffee shop instead of outside for the big parade, like everyone else? Oh, hi, Roland. Well, I don't. I don't really. Roland, could you please put down the accordion? I can't hear myself think. Oh, (laughs) sorry, JR. Yeah, it's okay. Hey, I didn't know you could play the accordion. Oh, sure, JR. Just comes naturally to me, I guess. Can you believe I've never had a single lesson? You don't say. What? I said you don't say. Oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, just wait until you hear me in the big parade this afternoon. Well, I'm afraid I'm going to miss the big performance, Roland. Parades just aren't my thing. Aren't your thing? Parades are everyone's thing, JR. Not mine, buddy. Well, what what don't you like about parades? I'd rather not talk about it. Oh, okay. Um, it's the noise, isn't it? No, I can handle the noise when I have to. Oh. Um, it's the parade floats? The the floats with the streamers and the exhaust and the bright balloons and the... No, Roland. It's not that. And I'd really rather you not don't like the crowds. Roland. Or the cotton candy. That's not it. Or the Clydesdale horses. Roland. Uh, Or the clarinets. Or the classic cars. Or the clapping. Or the clog dancers. Or the clowns. Or the... Oh. 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 You you don't like the clowns, do you, JR? No, Roland. I don't like clowns. Oh. Okay. Well, go ahead. Um, go ahead and what? 
start cracking jokes about how I'm a grown dog who's afraid of clowns. Why would I do that, JR? Oh, I just thought, you know. Now, I don't care if you're afraid of clowns, JR. Oh, thanks, buddy. I mean, golly, I'm afraid of ladybugs. You are? No, not really. I just wanted to make you feel better. Oh. But can I ask why you don't like clowns? Well, I'm not sure exactly. Just don't worry about it, okay? Oh, I I don't worry about you, JR. Well, at least not as much as I worry about Thelma. Did you know she thinks her sink is waiting for her? Or maybe she was speaking poetically again. Personification. Perspiration? No, Roland. Personification. Personification, or at least one kind of personification, is when people characteristics are given to non-people things. Oh. Oh, like when Thelma said my accordion was screaming at her. Exactly. Or when she said her new door chime was welcoming the customers. There you go. It's like here, where Guadalupe Garcia McCall in her poem, Sun Kissed, wrote, The sun loved the dirt who hugged the sun-kissed seed. Now, Guadalupe Garcia McCall knows the sun can't really love the dirt, and that the dirt can't really hug the seed, but that's personification. And hey, since I'm not going outside to catch the parade, I think I'll stay inside and write up ideas for a podcast episode about personification. Cool. Well, here's hoping your pencil dances across the pages. Um, is that an example of personification too, JR? Sure is. Hey, um, Roland, it kind of sounds like the parade is already starting. What? Oh, oh, gotta go, JR. Good luck with the podcast. Hey, 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 wait for me. I'm in the parade too. imported silk jill cost a pretty penny, sure. But I always say a dog should look his best. Yeah, um, Chris, it's a really nice shirt, but we're back on the air. Oh, uh, well, welcome back, pups and pooches, mutts and mongrels, to the 27th Annual Canine All-Star Tennis Ball Catching Championship here on Fetch Radio. I'm your host, Chris Colleysworth. And I'm Jill Airedaleton. What a day, folks. A lot of gray clouds watching the competition this afternoon, but so far Jill, the rain has... Jill, d- did you say the clouds were watching the competition? Well, yes, Chris, that's what I said. Okay. Is everything all right? Oh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> well, like I said, there have been a lot of gray clouds watching the competition, but so far the rain has held clouds off and... watching. Clouds don't have eyes. They can't watch anything. Did you say something, Chris? Uh, Me? No, no, nothing, Jill. Right. And I see our next competitor trotting across the field. A very confident-looking Daisy McAllister, the Cocker Spaniel from Dayton, Ohio. Daisy's always a big favorite at this event. Listen to that audience cheer. She takes her mark. There's the signal. Daisy makes a beeline down the field, cuts a dog leg left. The tennis ball is up in the air. A high, graceful arc. A smooth leap from Daisy and a solid catch. Nothing fancy, but Daisy made that catch look effortless. 
And now, Buster Dillingham, the English Terrier from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, is crossing the field. Looks like Buster is wearing the second place medal he won at last September's Bow Wow Doggy Chow Open. He must be proud of that medal. Buster takes his mark. There's the signal and... <gasps> oh dear, Buster trips over his medal. A disappointing start. But he's back up and running hard. There goes the tennis ball. It's drifting a little to the right. Buster takes a leap. He adds a half twist and... And he's made the catch. A fine recovery. You know, the way the wind carried that tennis ball, I wasn't sure he was going to pull things together. The wind carried the tennis ball, Jill. Exactly, Chris. Didn't you see the way... Do you think the wind has hands, Jill? What? Or, or maybe a grocery bag <laughs> or a basket. The, the wind can't carry things, Jill. Chris, when I said the wind carried the ball, that's called personification. It's like when I said the clouds were watching the competition or when... No, hold on, Jill. Dolly Dickinson, the Dalmatian from Detroit, is taking the field. And what's that they've set up midway down the field, Chris? Well, it looks like a ramp of some sort. There's the signal. Dolly has hopped onto a red tricycle. She's pedaling furiously down the field. I've never seen anything like this before, Chris. The tennis ball is in the air. Dolly hits the ramp. She's up, up. Can, Can she, she make, make the, the catch? catch? She does! Oh, but the front wheel of the tricycle has fallen off. This doesn't look good. Dolly somersaults over the handlebars. It's a tuck and roll, and... Whoa. And Dolly comes up with a wave to the crowd, and the tennis ball still safely in her mouth. What a catch. And what a recovery. That tricycle thought it was going to cheat Dolly out of a good score. Jill. But here she there you go again. The tricycle thought it was going to cheat. Tricycles can't think. They're just tricycles. They don't have brains. They don't have ambitions. Or... I was being poetic, Chris. It's called personification. Personification is when you give the kinds of traits and emotions that people have to things that aren't people. Yeah, if, if you say so, Jill. I do, Chris. Oh, but it's back to the competition, because Buddy, good boy Schumacher, the Labradoodle from Lancaster, is in position, and... Oh, wait. No, Buddy is crossing the field. He's beginning a slow climb up a very tall ladder. They've pulled a plastic wading pool into place just below the ladder. It looks like it's... Oh, well, I've just been told that the pool is filled with vanilla yogurt. You've got to give Buddy credit for creativity here. He stepped out onto the platform at the top of the ladder. Hardly a whisper from the audience. There's the signal. And there's the tennis ball. Buddy leaps from the platform. It's a forward two and a half somersault in an open pike position. Beautiful timing as Buddy snags the tennis ball midair and... And a perfect entry into the pool of yogurt. Well, that's going to do it today, folks. It's a first place win for Buddy at the Canine All-Star Tennis Ball Ch... Chris, where did you go? Well, I'm heading out to the field to congratulate our champion, Jill. Hold on, I'm making my way past the coaches. I can I can see him now. He's entirely covered in vanilla yogurt. <laughs> buddy, buddy, Chris Collinsworth from Fetch Radio. Let me be the first to... Buddy, buddy, don't shake the yogurt off now. This shirt is 100% silk and, and... Oh. Are you okay, Chris? I've been attacked by vanilla yogurt, Jill. Oh. Well, nice use of personification there, Chris. Yeah, thanks, Jill. This is Chris Colliesworth. And I'm Jill Airdaleton. Join us next week for our broadcast from the Sunnyland Dog Park for the 23rd Annual Frisbee Fetch and Catch. Can someone get Chris a towel, please?
This is Cassidy, and it, here is my poem. I am strong and unique. I wonder if I could become an angel. I hear God talking to me. I see heaven in my dreams. I want my great grandpa back. I'm strong and unique. I pretend that he's always here by my side. I feel his hand touching mine. I touch his hat when I am lonely. I worry that I'll forget him. I cry when no one's near. I am strong and unique. I understand that he's gone. I say that he'll be there at Graham's. I dream that he is holding me in his arms. I try not to cry. I hope he listens to my prayers. I am strong and unique. Hi, Henry. Hi, Miss Thelma. I sure like your new bell, Miss Thelma. Well, thank you so much, Henry. Electro Dog, the defender of the galaxy. Pew, pew. Oh, hi, Mr. Russell. Hi. Boy, Miss Thelma's coffee shop sure is empty today, isn't it, Mr. Russell? I guess everyone was at the parade today, huh? Oh, hi, Henry. Yeah, I suppose they were. What did you think of the parade today, Mr. Russell? Well, I didn't watch the parade, Henry. I just stayed inside instead. Oh, I see. Well, I didn't go to the parade either, Mr. Russell. I heard there were going to be... Clowns. And I don't really like... Clowns. You don't? No. I guess that's pretty silly, huh? No, I wouldn't say that. I'm sure there are other dogs who don't like clowns either. You think so? I'm... I'm pretty sure. But I sort of wish I went to the parade anyway, Mr. Russell, because I really, really like marching bands. I like the way the trumpets shout out over the flutes, and I like the way the drumsticks tap dance on the snare drums, and I like the way the drum major's baton does cartwheels through the air. Those are examples of personification, Mr. Russell. Do you know about personification? Well, sure, Henry. Personification is... Personification is when we give people characteristics to things that aren't people. Like in her poem, Delay, Elizabeth Jennings wrote, The radiance of the star that leans on me was shining years ago. And in that poem, Miss Jennings is sort of pretending that the starlight can lean on you. That's an example of personification. Maybe you should do a podcast episode on personification, Mr. Russell. Personification is a fun tool for poetry. My pencil's already been hard at work. Really? Cool. Oh, your pencil's been hard at work. That was another good example of personification, Mr. Russell. Thanks, Henry. Well then, I'll get right to work on the song for your podcast, Mr. Russell. A personification song. Oh, and I saw your friend Mr. Roland carrying an accordion today. Maybe we should ask him to play accordion for the song. No, no. That's quite okay, Henry. I'm sure Roland has other things to do today. Let's just stick with you and your ukulele. Oh, okay, Mr. Russell. See you soon, Mr. Russell. Yep. See you soon, kid. (laughs) 
from my favorite corner table at the Soggy Doggy Coffee Shop. This is Eric Odie. I am so jazzed to be joined today by award-winning author, poet, performer, and educator, Alan Wolf. Ow. Alan. Sorry. <laughs> That's great. Welcome to the coffee shop, Alan. Uh, well, thanks for having me, Eric. I'm happy to be here. You're, you're a busy guy. Um, you write gobs of poetry. You write picture books. You write award-winning young adult novels, and you, mm-hmm. you travel around presenting at schools. Yeah. Are you still a drummer? You're a drummer in a band, oh, is that right? Yeah, I'm a I'm a drummer. I, I I love playing the drums. I'm in a I'm in a band, in fact, called the Dead Poets. We turn <laughs> the words of dead poets into toe tapping tunes. It, so I have to ask, how do you how do you decide what you're going to do each day? I mean, like which project is going to get your attention? Well, there are deadlines in life, and so those kind of help me to uh, guide my my day. I like to write every day, and uh, as far as music goes, it's something I do between writing to kind of clear my head, and uh, and it's social. Right. Yeah, writing is not so social. Yes, exactly. Some of your poems, for instance, like I'm thinking about uh, from your, your book, uh, The, the Blood-Hungry Spleen, or um, The Day the Universe Exploded My Head, which is a collection of poems all about the universe and the solar system and its planets. And mm-hmm. it's, d- Did you feel like you knew much about the universe before you dove into that? I did not. In fact, I, I mean, you, you think you do. You know all the details. You look up in the sky and you see the certain dots that are there. And you know, some of them are probably planets, some are stars. You know that the sun is a star, but the most obvious things are the things that will blow your mind the most. And the fact that we are so close to an actual, no kidding, real star. Right, yeah. Is, uh, uh, it's amazing. You know, once you realize you, you got to write a book and there are eight planets, Pluto used to be the ninth one. Yeah, poor Pluto. And I got to put Pluto in there. Yeah. Yeah, poor Pluto. And even that's like, you know, you're talking about personification. We're going, oh, poor Pluto. Pluto really doesn't care. <laughs> Pluto doesn't even know it's named Pluto, right? right you know, yeah. it's like there's no idea. It doesn't even know we're here. And so, you know, it's not really losing any sleep over what we what we call it. You know, I have to tell you, I love the the poem, the Pluto and Sharon uh, dancing with the stars poem. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that whole idea of because they're sort of um, rotating around each other and um, orbiting around each other, I guess, is what are they doing? They're dancing. They're dancing. <laughs> yes, they're dancing. And I think that's why um, personification is probably the greatest gift that a poet has uh, as far as observing because we want to look at things and we want to see ourselves in them. They're orbiting around each other. They're not orbiting, you know, it's not the moon's not orbiting around Pluto Mm -hmm. and Pluto's not orbiting around the moon. And so they're always looking at each other as if you and I, Eric Odie and Alan Wolf are reaching out to each other, toes towards each other, and we're looking into each other's eyes, and we reach out and we grab hands, and we begin to spin around and around in a circle. Right, yeah. It's just like that, but it's out in space. And so they're obviously dancing. Right, of course they are. They're dancing much better than I dance, by the way. 
Me they're, they're, too. They're actually in sync. I'd be stepping on your toes, I'm afraid. <laughs> so. oh, and I have to ask because I know you know, we were talking about that you play a lot of music. You do play guitar. Um, in the in the book, the the day the universe exploded, my head. You've got Neptune's, uh, the lonesome on my own, on my own, uh, on my own, some blues. Do you sing that? Yes, of course. I knew you would. You would probably note that the thing that made Neptune so unique from all the others, it's the farthest one away. It's really, 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 really far away. And it is lonely because of that. It's also blue because of methane gas. So yes, it does. He he goes, I'm so alone, so all alone. I'm more than 2.7 billion miles from home. I want a planet, playmate, I can call my very own. I got those lonesome on my old some Neptune blues. He's like that. <laughs> that he is perfect. Hey, speaking of which, we we need to jump into some poems. Do you have do you have some poems with you that you'd be willing to share? I have a bazillion poems. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> they kind of just spill out. But there's a there's a great new book out. It's a collection of how-to poems, and it's called The Proper Way to Meet a Hedgehog. It's a collection by the late and amazing anthologist Paul Janesco. And so I'll read The Proper Way to Meet a Hedgehog. And we'll 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 do we'll follow that with how to take care of your tree because they're really different personification wise. The proper way to meet a hedgehog. Today I walked outside and spied a hedgehog on the hill. When she and I met eye to eye, she raised up straight and still. The quills across her back puffed out. She froze in blind alarm. In turn, I ceased to move about to show I meant no harm. A while we stood there silently in time as if to say, I'll leave you be if you leave me, then went our separate ways. Nice. nice. And so how to take care of your tree is also personification. But unlike the first one about the hedgehog, where we were just kind of showing that the hedgehog might be trying to communicate with me a certain thought. This has taken it even more so, as if the tree has feelings that are very, very human. And it goes like this. How to take care of your tree. Hug his trunk when he's afraid of summer hurricanes and floods. In springtime, feed him lemonade when he begins to sprout taste buds. In fall, when you discover that a lack of leaves has left him naked, knit your tree a stylish hat from all the leaves that you have raked or use a bit of tape and glue to reattach each leaf that fell. It takes a while, but when you're through, your tree will be so grateful. When winter winds begin to blow and snowdrifts rise up higher and higher, wrap your tree in calico and keep him warm with mom's hair dryer. And if your tree falls on the ground, he's lazy and his roots aren't sound. You've done the very best you could. Now chop him up for firewood. <laughs> I do love that. I love the turn on that ending. It's like after being so so kind to this tree, and at the very yes. end, it's sad. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Do you have a, Do you have any other any other poems you want to share with us before we wrap things up today? Well, how about if I do one planet one, and it's called Mercury, given to extremes. 
Everybody look at me. It's me, the planet Mercury. As planets go, I'm number one because I'm closest to the sun. I may be small, but I stand tall. My axis barely tilts at all. Some find my temperament to be severe because I have no atmosphere. My days are four times boiling hot. My nights will freeze your eyelids shut. I orbit fast. I rotate slow. I'm given to extremes. I know unruly planet like no other. The planet's pesky little brother. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. Alan, right. I so appreciate you hanging out with me today. Thank you. I'm so uh, honored to be here on your podcast and metaphors be with you. All right, Alan Wolf, enjoy the day. Be good. Okay, that's three chai tea lattes, one date and walnut scone, and one large sweet potato my dishwasher says looks a lot like the Statue of Liberty. You three have a nice day. Oh, hi, JR. What can I get for you? JR? Sorry, Thelma. I'm just waiting. Waiting for what, JR? Well, whenever I come up to the counter to talk with you, your telephone rudely interrupts me which is a pretty good example of personification now that I think about it. Anyway, I just thought I'd wait until after the phone rings and then I'd talk to you. JR, you're being ridiculous. The phone doesn't always interrupt whenever you try to talk to me. Now, just tell me what you want. Well... Go ahead, JR. Okay, I wanted to ask... <laughs> I was wondering if... Oh, just a minute, JR. Let me get this. Sure, Thelma. Soggy Doggy Coffee Shop, this is Thelma. Oh, hi, Mama. I'm glad you called. How was your... Mama, I hear a lot of talking in the background. Are you at a restaurant? You're at a banquet. Mama, whose banquet? You're at a royal banquet with the King of Sweden? Mama, how did you get invited to dinner with the King of Sweden? He read a poem you wrote for Contemporary Canine Magazine and asked if you'd share the poem at the banquet. Mama, that's wonderful. When will you... No, I haven't tried pickled herring, but I... Gabrora... No, I don't even know what gabrora is. A salad made from egg and anchovies. Well, that sounds wonderful. No, I don't know why the Prime Minister of Iceland would hide her gabrora behind one of the flower arrangements. Maybe she's allergic to anchovies. But Mama, what is the poem you're going to recite? It's called Fish Chowder. I don't think I know that poem, Mama. Will you share it with me now? Sure, it can be sort of like practice. Go ahead. Fish chowder. Autumn overstayed its welcome again. She arrived on my doorstep with a smile and a suitcase of presents and promises of cool evenings and crisp, colorful leaves. But she's only now leaving after tracking her wet and muddy feet across my kitchen floor. Winter arrives tomorrow and I'm making fish chowder. 
That's a wonderful poem, Mama. And I love your use of personification, describing the seasons as if they're house guests. But Mama, I didn't know you like fish chowder. You don't like fish chowder? Oh, but you're a poet, and so you're allowed to say you do. Well, that sounds right to me. You should probably get back to your banquet, Mama. What's that? Oh, they're serving fish chowder? Well, you might want to at least try some, just to be polite. I love you too, Mama. Bye. Sorry about that. JR, now what can I get you? She's having dinner with the King of Sweden? That's my Mama. Wow. Yep. Hi, my name's Esther, and this is my poem titled Mother Nature. A coronet of stars adorned her crown. Her robes displayed the ink-black velvet skies. The willow swished and swayed in joyous praise to exalt a queen both radiant and wise. She traced out streams and showed the larks their flight. The creatures were her pride, the land her joy. But from them came a vengeful kind named man to do what they do best, that is, destroy. Now willows lie in heaps by poisoned ponds. The clanging of her shackles scares the birds. A morning veil of smog conceals her eyes, which weep on end with grief too deep for words. Though once the world lay riches at her feet, through man her weary heart has ceased to beat. Hi, Mr. Russell. Hi. I'm ready with your song, Mr. Russell. Oh, uh, hi, Henry. So you wrote a personification song for me? I sure did, Mr. Russell, and my ukulele can hardly wait to share it. Um, that's an example of personification, Mr. Russell. Did you notice? Yep, I, I noticed, kid. So, are you ready for the song, Mr. Russell? The air is still and quiet with anticipation. <laughs> that was a good one, Mr. Russell. Here we go. We took a personification vacation wandered about in the city. The skyscrapers stood quite as tall as they could. Their bright rooftop gardens were feeling so pretty. The trucks and the buses complained from the streets. The sidewalks were slapping the soles of our feet. The town was alive with the rat-a-tat beat and the music that danced in the air. The city was glad we were there. Well, what did you think, Mr. Russell? Well, there were plenty of examples of personification in your song, Henry. But I'm not much for visiting the city. Oh, that's okay, Mr. Russell. I wrote another verse, too. We took a personification vacation And thought we would visit the ocean The waves were entrancing, so happily dancing A party of friendly and frolicking motion The lighthouse was winking and greeting the day The seagulls were crying their sorrows away The sea stars sat smugly with nothing to say But shrugged as the wind gave a sigh The ocean was glad we stopped by That was pretty nice too, Henry but I'm not really interested in the ocean, either. You're not? Nope. Hmm. Well, those are the only verses I have, Mr. Russell. That's okay, kid. Here, let me give it a shot. Oh, sure, Mr. Russell. Go right ahead. I won't take a personification vacation. 
I like it right here where I am. If an airplane or a ship invites me on a trip, I'd say, what? Leave this coffee shop. No, thank you, ma'am. The mountains and cities might call out to some. The rivers might whisper. The deserts might hum. This friendly old coffee shop's always my chum. So sure, travel someplace that's new. Just send me a postcard or two. <laughs> that was pretty good, Mr. Russell. Thanks, kid. See you soon, Mr. Russell. Yep. See you soon, Henry. Hi, this is Eric Odie, author, poet, songwriter, and the creator of Tales from the Soggy Doggy Coffee Shop. If you are enjoying this podcast series, consider leaving a review on your favorite podcast app. It'll have JR dancing with happiness. Well, maybe not dancing. Nobody's ever seen JR dance, but I bet he'll smile. And you can give us an even bigger boost by stopping by our website, SoggyDoggyCoffeeShop.com, where you can help finance the series by downloading award-winning music. Really, you get great music, we get to keep the lights on. Tales from the Soggy Doggy Coffee Shop is a production of Deep Rooted Music. 